0: Money FM 89.3 Best of Workday Afternoon Market View on Money FM 89.3 Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3 I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon joined by finance <coughs> presenter JP Ong Brand new week
1: Same old jitters and stutters, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) I know. We're still below the 2600 mark, right?
1: Yes, that is correct. I think we just wiggled our way a bit to the back of again. We're down by about three points in today's session, the Straits Times Index. So it's not a big move backwards. Still, the colour is predominantly red. 2576 is where the Singapore benchmark is sitting. And there's about half a billion Singapore dollars in total value turnover today. So pretty par for the course for most of it. 150 total stocks, reads and trusts that are in the green. There are about 206 that are in the Red so far today. It's a very slight move backwards, at least for the Straits Times Index at the start of this new trading session. It's uh, fairly consistent with some of the slight gains and losses that we're seeing across the broader Asia Pacific. The Nikkei 225 has come back from their from Japan's two day holiday, and they have caught up with some with uh, with some of the losses we saw at the tail end of last week, but not a lot. You only we only saw the Tokyo benchmark fall by about 56 points in today's session. We have the ASX 200 actually up by about nine and a half points, but that's A 0.2% intraday move up for Australia's uh, equity benchmark. The South Korean Kospi up by about 0.6%. They're probably one of the more sturdy gainers in today's session. And mainland Chinese markets slightly in the red. You've got Shanghai and Shenzhen both uh, posting. Well, Shanghai is down by about 0.3%. But the Shenzhen Bourse just swinging between gains and losses. So they're now up by about 0.2%. So a bit of wiggle room at least for Chinese markets. And the Hang Seng today, they're down by about 115 points so far. So again, it's those same drivers again that markets are trying to balance. And we've talked about this quite extensively over the last couple of weeks. You know, the worry of these COVID-19 infections and rising Sino-U.S. tensions or the degradation in the relations of the, between the two world's largest economies continues to weigh on markets so far today. And we're seeing more worrisome signs that COVID-19 infections are rising in certain places. Just the other day, we also saw that uh, the United Kingdom has decided to impose 14-day quarantines again on travelers who are returning from Spain, especially the Barcelona region, because there are rising cases out there. Um, China itself also just saw 61 new COVID-19 cases, and that's the biggest one-day rise for China since April, actually. Now, most of these happened, actually, in the northwestern region of Xinjiang. sign that We're not out of the woods. You're not out of the woods, and every so often, at least if you are a public health official in your government, every so often, maybe once or twice a month, you're probably going to have to put out the flames and try to stamp out these stubborn cases because they tend to rise. Uh, there, There are instances where we've seen them rise. In Australia, they're still dealing with trying to at least contain and uh, address these um, a significant uptick, at least, in COVID-19 cases there. In the U.S., well, they did report that uh, for the first time in four days, they saw nukes cases come down a bit, but then you were still seeing that elevated cases are close to averaging about, about 1,000 uh, deaths, at least, are averaging about 1,000 every day across the U.S., based on the recent COVID-19 figures. So you're bouncing that. You're also looking at these Sino-U.S. tensions that are keeping folks on the back foot, and also this sudden pullback from walls from, uh, from uh, Wall Street and the, and uh, some of these uh, big bellwethers on the NASDAQ. Also, Tesla just last Friday actually closed out uh, Friday session down by almost 10%. And these were one of those high flyers that were getting a lot of love over the last couple of months, especially since the start of the second quarter. If this is the start of a reverse for Tesla, this could also mean that markets might be losing their appetite, at least for some of these places. And a number of investment professionals have started to call out that you know there could be threats to both the overall trajectory of an economic recovery and also where markets are heading. So I think this is at least keeping most markets across the world in check. But the only thing that you can really say uh, in favor of the SGX uh, or the STI today is that losses have been contained so far. But we'll see if that remains the case later on. And we're also seeing signs of these losses starting to increase as over the last two minutes, we've seen the Straits Times Index's intraday loss widen now. They're now down by about five points at 2,574. Still not a huge step off. But there's always a chance that we could see this start to widen even more. In the next few hours,
0: you know, over the weekend, Singapore and Malaysia travel arrangements uh, for permit holders, business travelers, etc., were finalised. I would have thought that that would have given the market a little bit more confidence and a little bit more brightness. but mm-hmm. Apparently
1: not. We could also argue on the flip side that maybe intraday loss today could have been worse if it wasn't for ah, that.
0: You glass half full sort of <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, so
1: you could also look at it both ways. You know, you could still look at it the glass half full thing, but a bit strange. Also, you'd think that this would actually benefit some airlines, for instance, mm. that are travelling today is down by about 1.9%. This could also have something to do with a Bloomberg article today that, uh, that uh, warns folks that most analysts are expecting them to post yet another quarter of of uh, significant losses because the COVID-19 pandemic continues to cast doubts over when travel can resume and many are expecting this to be one of the last industries to actually recover but nevertheless the fact that you know you have this, these travel arrangements between Singapore and Malaysia restarting it has to be seen as a bit of a progress at least because whenever you see borders and possible business activity with one of Singapore's most important trading partners Malaysia resumed again yep. that does give um, a reason at least to breathe a sigh of relief. Now, of course, this is for green lanes, as they said, and it's mostly going to be for long term pass holders and travelers on essential or official business to cross the border. But the business travel is going to be a big help, n- nevertheless. Um, they're hoping that applications for these green lane travel will actually start to kick off on August 10, according to our Singapore's foreign minister, Vivian Balakrishnan, and operational details are going to be released over the next few days. Now, I think one of the worries that folks have right now is that you, this could be the start or the makings of a potential travel bubble with. Malaysia. the Malaysia is also trying to accomplish with Brunei as well. But we've also seen that in some of these countries where they started to relax and re-allow travel come in and out again, they've seen cases rise once more. I mean, we've seen Europe resume holiday travel at the start of this month and suddenly you're starting to see signs of cases rising in France, out in Spain for instance, as we mentioned also, we've seen cases start to come up. Other countries also have also highlighted that there could have been a slip up in Vietnam's case. They saw their first cases last week, mm-hmm. late last week, and they actually said that this could have been because we were la- we, they, there was a lapse somewhere with one traveler that came back into Vietnam. So again, it just shows how very, very difficult and how delicate it is to maintain, to reopen and manage uh, the in- inflow and outflow of travelers in and out of your country during the times of this pandemic also. And one small slip-up, and frankly, a slip-up can happen at any point. That could easily trigger a resumption of COVID-19 cases and a possible reemergence of a cluster. I think what's going to be important is how quickly countries can identify these potential clusters. And mind you, these scares will happen every so often. How quickly they identify these, test them, and just contain them in the future. But that's a matter of time and efficiency and whether or not we've learned lessons over the last few months.
0: Well, for anyone who is thinking of dusting off your golf bags, thinking you can drive over for the weekend, that's not quite the point of this it is really business travellers and permits holders, tourism will come at a later date. So I that think doesn't we're gonna affect us to It's going to be the, be the last
1: yet. priority, unfortunately. Absolutely. Yeah. And,
0: you know, I think that is a, a safety concern that... Right. Um All right. Now, Hyflux has been in and out of the news for a long time. Today, it's back in the news again.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, for a few reasons, um, uh, for a handful of reasons. And one of the chief ones is that Hyflux has announced that they have yet another potential suitor. And they have received, they have revealed that they've received a letter of information Intent or interest from a possible suitor that's being represented by the strategy con- by a strategy consulting firm called the Spectrum Solutions Group. Now, this possible suitor is an unnamed North America-based fund manager. They haven't really disclosed the name of this uh, of this fund manager of this fund, but they have said that it, the the fund has a strong track record of investing in infrastructure technology and real estate globally. And Hyflux also disclosed that the that the client of Spectrum is has is as an interest in. Engaging with Hyflux for a possible investment, and uh, and have also said that they are also um, they uh, there is def- definite interest from several of this fund's institutional investors. So remember, as a fund, you will need to go to your particular investors, especially the ones who hold big stakes or have put a lot of money in your fund, and say, "Hey, I might be investing in this embattled um, mm-hmm. water utilities firm in Singapore that might be teetering, but I think it might be a good it might be a good move." And apparently, um, some of the institutional investors in that fund including two Canadian pension funds with extensive experience in large-scale infra projects, they've actually said, yep, this looks like a good idea. We should go in. So the thing is though, we this is yet another potential suitor that Hyflux has revealed and uh rightfully so the, as the securities investment Association of Singapore head David Gerald has issued another letter today saying that uh, a lot of the perpetual and uh, preferred securities holders are still waiting for concrete terms from any of these any of these uh any of these uh, suitors in fact the only one might have been utico actually that said that set out some terms originally but they've also said that in utico's case we're not really sure if they have the funds to see it through or or whether or not uh, they have sufficient details to provide that says, hey, we have the financial standing to provide this rescue package. You also count the likes of Pison, Aquamunda, and now you have this North American investor, but I think the question everyone's asking is that, well, that's all in good and you have all these potential investors lined up, but uh, when are we going to get details and does this really bring us anywhere closer to a possible rescue deal Man. for Hyflux and a rescue deal that will see some of these investors and these bondholders recoup some, uh, at least a small portion of their investments. I think that's a big question everyone has. Otherwise, you're just really just lining up a lot of possible suitors, but you're not taking the next step. Maybe it's commitment issues. I don't really know.
0: <laughs> coming from you. Well, especially
1: talking, coming from me. You're
0: talking about commitment <laughs> issues. Who,
1: who else would talk about commitment <laughs> issues, right?
0: Not the girl that's staring 25 years of marriage in the face oh, There
1: you go, there you go. <laughs> but, but this is, this you're, you are talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in commitment. So this is a big deal to actually make, but But again,
0: yeah, this wouldn't be a marriage. This would be a merger, right?
1: It might go a long way to assuage the concerns of investors. If some of these details can be forthcoming, if we get more progress to know that, hey, we've proceeded beyond phase one and phase two. I think that is what's uh, frustrating a lot of people also, including the folks over at CS right now, based on Mr. Gerald's letter.
0: All right. Now, Hin Leong has been in the news for a while, especially since uh, that point a few months ago when oil prices just took a massive tumble. And demand
1: was basically non existent. WTI at negative $37 a I know, barrel, right? remember? I, that wish, that, like it was, it I was wish that would have ago. meant
0: that I could drive up to a pump and go. I'll, fill, I'll, you know, fill her up, and you owe me money to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it the futures markets really that were <laughs> I doing know. It, Yeah, but one, a girl can dream. Of course, of course.
0: You know, I, I had all these.
1: As somebody in who likes to drive long drives out of out of town in Manila. also. I mean, I I I, I empathize. I understand. Right? right.
0: These 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 images were in my head. Of course, I knew they were never gonna happen. But the family is in the news today. They're trying to haunt. <clears throat> Uh, a court note.
1: Yes. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, so, uh, so the uh, the f- two firms under Hynlyong, which is Hynlyong Trading itself, one of their units, Ocean Tankers, have been put on judicial under judicial management mm-hmm. because of the collapse in Hinlong. And just to remind our listeners, what happened there. During the, the during those week those those days when oil fell into negative territory, it revealed a lot of issues with Hynliang. They had about over about three or over three billion U.S. dollars in. Uh, debts outstanding that they owe to certain banks and they were trying to collect on this because of the collapse and they discovered a lot of anomalies within Hin Leung. there were certain uh, hedges and and uh, bets on future and uh, certain uh, derivatives that he that he invested in that backfired and and did and it, it was not revealed on his on his balance sheet so they've been put under um, judicial management and what they what what and the courts have appointed two um, companies to oversee as IJMs so on one hand you have, you have EY as the court appointed interim judicial manager for ocean tankers and pwc the inter- interim judicial manager for hin leong itself both firms have not have declined to request for comic so this is where Raja and tan comes in according to a court affidavit which was reviewed by reuters they were told by Raja and tan that the law firm would act on the on behalf of ey as ocean tankers judicial manager now the uh, the family of uh, of Mr. O.K. Lim, which controls Hin Leung, has actually uh, filed an application to restrain Raja and Tan from acting as a representative for EY, being the judicial manager of ocean tankers. And why did they do this? Well, it's because they're saying that, that Raja and Tan has been representing uh, the family since the early 1990s on certain cases and advised them and their group of companies. And because of this, Raja and Tan actually possesses c- confidential information and documents that were at risk of. A they said would be misused by the firm in their new role to benefit the supervisors. So they're worried that all the, some of these these uh, bits of confidential information that Rajan Tan possesses, they'll be able to use this to help the supervisors and perhaps reveal certain things that might cast them under a bad light and they feel that there might be a conflict of interest there. Rajan Tan has said that they are refusing to step down despite requests to do so. They feel that, uh, they feel that there's no legal or factual basis for the position now taken by the members of the Lim family. And they say that they're holding on to their, their guns. But again, this is another one of those interesting twists, at least with regards to what's going on over at Hien and whether there are still more issues or possible skeletons in their closet. And if Rajin Tan does act on EY's behest as the IJM for ocean tankers, well, well who knows what else could be revealed, right? I know whose eyes are going to be on it. Well, everybody's eyes here, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and frankly, it's also just because it's, just, it's so interesting to see the workings of, of, of what's been a very closely held oil trading company that as as was one as one of the more reputable oil consultants, and uh, that we, uh, I spoke to a few months ago s- said. I mean, he said he means no words. He said Hin Leong is a legend in the yes. realm of global oil trading. All be- and it's mainly because the founder Oki Lim is known for taking these huge swashbuckling trades that more often than not really, um, really he, he he timed right or he got them right or he mm-hmm. got or maybe he got lucky in a few of them. Maybe a combination of that. But the last few years have not been very good to him and his and some of his reads, and uh, we're seeing. The fallout of that, at least, and maybe, and and who knows what else is, who else knows what else is under the hood if we if Rajyantan is appointed and more is revealed.
0: All right. Well, we end Market View today on that developing story. I'm Clarissa Montero. He is finance presenter J.P. Ong. This is Money FM eighty nine point three. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.